Welcome to Local SEO Today. On this podcast, John Vong interviews business professionals and entrepreneurs in many fields to uncover challenges and successes in business ownership. Our goal is to provide you with insights into the entrepreneurship journey and give you tips and advice from real experience. Brought to you by Local SEO Search based in Toronto, Canada. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode. My guest today is the cash flow expert, Chris Miles. He started out working as a financial advisor and now he teaches small business owners how to achieve financial prosperity. Well, thanks a lot for joining me, Chris. Hey, it's a pleasure, John. Thank you for having me on. So I'm excited to learn a little bit more about how you became who you are today. So maybe take a step back on explaining to the listeners, um, you know, a little backstory about how you became the cash flow expert. Yeah. You know, never the way you expect, right? Like, you know, when I, I was the first one in my family to go to college and they fully expected me to get my bachelor's and to get a good paying job and work for a company for 40 years. Like my dad wanted to, even though they would lay them off and things like that. Right. Cause that just wasn't the world anymore. Well, uh, my whole goal was to become a business consultant. That was what I was going to go into. So I thought, well, if I'm going to be a business consultant, shouldn't I have real life business experience? You know, if I'm going to consult people on this stuff. So uh, before I got my bachelor's, I dropped out of college, just took a, well, I was going to be a one-year sabbatical, right? Just drop out for a little bit, get some business experience and then go back and then I can get my MBA, you know? Well, I ended up the first opportunity to become a business owner was being a financial advisor. Now, the interesting thing is I didn't realize that being a financial advisor was that easy to become, right? I thought you had a like, you know, interview, like I was trying to impress them and everything. And they're like, Hey, as long as you can pass a test and you have a heartbeat, we'll take you, you know? And so that's what I ended up doing. And I, you know, I don't know what it was exactly, but I just loved learning about money. I didn't know a lot about it, um, but money interested me, even as a kid, you know, like I even had, I even had this like weird little, you know, connection with Alex P. Keaton. If you remember watching the 80s show Family Ties, right? Like I, I want, I, I love the fact that uh, somebody dropped change. He'd be able to count how, how much change dropped, you know? you know, and uh, that kind of thing. So, so anyways, I started doing that and liked it. You know, I wanted to help people and especially with financially and it's cool if I could learn how to make money myself. But uh, after about four years in that business, I started to realize that there were some, some weaknesses, right? There were some holes there. For example, you know, I, I realized that uh, this kind of was brought up by one of my friends. He said, you know, Chris, how many of your clients are actually financially free? You know, he was doing real estate investing and stuff, right? So he left that industry to do something different, you know, something kind of heretical almost. And, and I said, well, how many of my clients are financially free? None. Like now, if you're talking about worrying about money and stuff, because they still worry about money, even when they're retired, he was like, well, good job, Chris, way to go, you know? Um, but how about this, Chris, how many of you guys as financial advisors are financially free, not off the commissions you're earning? Don't, that doesn't count but actually doing these investments, these mutual funds and such. How many of you guys are financially free off of that? And I thought about even the guys that have been working in the industry for 30, 40 years. I said, well, none, because they're all still struggling and working for money, right? There's still need to work in that industry. He said, well, there's your problem, Chris. And I said, okay, you got me. Where's the answer? He's like, I'm not going to tell you the answer. I'm like, well, tell me. So finally, you know, long story short, he said, listen, if you're really serious about this, Go listen, listen to this AM talk radio show by these two real estate investors, just a local radio show that used to be on. 
and then and then go uh, get this book, Who Took My Money by Robert Kiyosaki, which is a lesser known rich dad book, right? And uh, just to give you a sum, summary of that book, it says mutual funds suck. That's pretty much it. You can say that in three words and saves you three hours on audiobook right there. Uh, but it goes more in depth about why, right? But I, I knew why, because I, I was in that industry. I knew that there were holes there, you know? And so, you know, I, I got to the point after a few months, I just said, I can't do this anymore. I can't stay in integrity and keep teaching people something I know doesn't work. So I left. I said, I will never teach about money again. I will just, you know, I will just be a mortgage broker because it's 2006, right? Everybody's, you know, mortgage broker at that time. Um, and I'll teach ballroom dancing on the side, you know? So a uh, little known fact, I was actually one of the nation's top amateur ballroom dancers, right? So, so I was doing that for a bit, but I wanted to know how they became free. And so what I found that the, this change in perspective, the big shift was about cash flow, right? It's about cash flow. It's not about how much money you accumulate. It's about how much income it actually creates for you. If you don't have that figured out, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you, you have $20 million if you're only living on 20,000 a year, right? It's gotta be something that generates that income, you know, passively, ideally, right? Month after month, whether you work or not, where you know that you're free, that you work because you want to, not because you have to. Um, and that kind of financial freedom, I was actually able to hit, ironically enough, by later that year, 2006. Um, came out of retirement in 2007 to teach people how to do it. Um, went back in the rat race because the recession hit me pretty hard. And uh, I went over a million dollars in debt, had to dig back out of that hole, and was once again financially independent by the end of 2016. So I had to do it twice. So if even if you thought the first time was accidental or lucky, you know, just pure luck, I had to do it a second time just to prove that it works, right? Um, but that's what, where I am now. It's like now I work because I want to, not because I have to. I'm semi-retired, working part-time in this business, and uh, but really have a, an overtime mission to educate people and get them to be financially free themselves. That's amazing. I, I know you jumped hoops there because that's a huge time frame. And yeah. going through some of the struggles that you went through to then you know, pull yourself up um, as a business owner now. And I, again, I know that you help a lot of business owners understand cash flow and generating more revenue and mm -hmm. understanding how to profit, I would say, right? Yeah. Um, it's important to get, get your guidance because I want to find out, like, how did you pivot away from working with individuals to then business owners mm -hmm. and then what brings you to want to work with business owners versus the independent people, I would say. Yeah. It's interesting because I work with both now. I went from okay. only individuals then to only business owners, and now I work with both, right? Okay. Um, it, it's, it, it, that's the thing that's cool about business is you can evolve, right? And, and depending on the need and what people want, you can evolve with it. Uh, so, like, for example, I was dealing with just individuals as a financial advisor, right? Like, that was pretty much it business owners didn't want to talk to me because I was, I was teaching people the same thing that probably drives you guys nuts as business owners. When you talk to a financial advisor, they're trying to take money away from your business that you know you can make a better return. Here, here's the ironic thing. They want you to pull money out of your company stock, right? To put in random company stocks. They're like, hey, why don't you put in this mutual fund where they bought some Amazon, Walmart, and whatever pharmaceutical company or whatever you want to have it in, right? But the truth is, you know, for a fact, you can make more money in your business than put it in theirs. So I'll give you an example. Um, I had a brother-in-law who had been very successful in business. His father was successful. His father was a 16-year-old runaway who, by the time he was 19 years old, was able to get a Chrysler dealership. 
right? He was able to convince the, um, out in Atlanta, he was able to convince Chrysler to cr create the first dealership in the state of Utah. And then from there, by the time he was 21, in the 1960s, he became a millionaire, right? Um, just an amazing story. And so my brother-in-law was his son. And so they had a very big, you know, they're now a second generation of successful entrepreneurs, right? And, uh, and I thought as a financial advisor, I would totally get him to invest money with me because if that family invested money with me, I'd be set for life, right? Well, funny enough, I was completely um, caught unaware because when it happened is I got there, I get this nice little presentation. I spent hours on this presentation just to impress him with my financial knowledge and prowess, right? And then we get there. And as, after I get done with my presentation, he said, okay, that's a nice presentation, Chris, but let me ask you something. If I give you $10,000, you're telling me you can make me 12% a year. Is that right? And I said, well, there's no guarantees. I can't guarantee 12% a year, but that's what's been doing since 2000 BC, you know? So, you know, so before Christ, it's been like that in the stock market. So yeah, 12% could be doable. He's like, okay, Chris, well, that's 1200 bucks a year. I'm like, yeah, isn't that awesome? Imagine what that looked like in 40 years, you know? And he's like, but Chris, I could take $10,000 I could put in my, my business. He had, he had a truck, uh, truck sales business, right? He's like, I can put a down payment on a truck, turn around and sell it for a $20,000 profit. So Chris, I can take 10,000, make 20, or I can make, put money with you and maybe make 1200. Why would I do that? Why would I invest with you? I was like, well, you should be diversified. You should pull your eggs in one basket, you know, that's not what entrepreneurs should do because entrepreneurs, you know, they shouldn't put all the money in their business. That's risky. You know, you should put it with me. <laughs> that's basically what I said. Right. And he's like, well, that's, that's a nice, that's very nice, Chris. We'll see you later. Goodbye. And, and it was the best thing he could have ever done because, you know, I, I was like, well, what did I do wrong? And I asked the guys around the office, they're like, I don't know. That's true. And that's the thing is like, you have to understand that when you look at real financial principles, right? Real principles of wealth, financial advisors are screwed up. Like they don't get it. Right. And as a business owner, your best investment, number one should be your business. Now I'll say this as a warning though, because here's the trap that entrepreneurs get caught in all the time. As they say, well, I'm, I'm investing in my business or I'm reinvesting in my business. Right. Well, when you're always reinvesting every dollar of your money back into your business, you're not profitable. You're, you're also in the rat race. You're stuck. Because if you don't have any profit coming back out, if you don't have any lifestyle that can come from it or anything else, you're trapped. You, you basically bought yourself a crappy, you know, nine to nine job, not even a nine to five, right? You're probably working overtime in your business. Like you cannot keep reinvesting everything back in your business, but you should invest some that gives you the max return possible to increase your business while also taking profits from your company and creating multiple streams of income outside of your business. You can do that man, you, you reach a level of freedom that most people will never attain in their lifetime. And you could do it maybe in 10 years or less, depending on how you do it. That's amazing. So uh, I want to actually extract some of the, the mindset that came about, you know, working in, as a financial advisor. Like, did you have mentors, coaches, people that you turn to, to get you to kind of leave that profession to then start your own? You know, my, my intention was not to, um, well, like I said, like in 2006, when I left, you know, it was March of 06, I said, I quit, I'm done. Right. And my practice was actually at its height. So I quit at the, at the high time, but I was like, I can't do this anymore. And so that's why I decided I was just going to be a mortgage broker. Right. But, uh, but then when I was able to become financially independent myself, naturally the question is people kept coming to me asking Chris, well, how did you do it? Right. 
And, uh, and, and funny, the funny thing is people would ask me like, well, what do you do, Chris? Cause they would see like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like just a 28 year old hanging out at home. Right. Like, well, what do you do for work? And I didn't know what to tell them. So I was like, um, I'm, I sell drugs. <laughs> you know, like I was just trying to come up with anything just to buy myself time to say, well, what do I do? Because when I got myself out of the rat race, you know, and I was doing it, here's how I did it, by the way. Um, I actually did it through business income streams in the beginning. Um, I did it where, uh, for example, one of those mentors that came to me like after I'd left the profession, right? He was in the kind of financial world. He was an investor himself. And he was asking me, he's like, and he asked a great question. He asked me, he said, Chris, if money were no issue in your life, what would you spend your time doing? And I said, well, I'd probably travel and stuff. He's like, okay, Chris, let's be real here. Are you really going to travel 52 weeks out of the year? That sounds pretty exhausting to me. I was like, okay, no, I guess I wouldn't, I wouldn't travel much more than maybe a couple months out of the year. He's like, okay, the other 45 weeks out of the year, Chris, what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I was like, I guess I would maybe teach ballroom dancing. I think I, I would love that. He's like, well, great. Why don't we get you to do that? He's like, what are you doing right now? I'm like, well, I am teaching a little bit on the side, but I'm also a mortgage broker. Well, do you like doing mortgages, Chris? And I said, well, I like teaching people and getting them the strategy to, to, you know, turn on light bulbs and give them the aha. But I hate, hate the paperwork. He said, well, find somebody who does like doing the paperwork and let them do it. I was like, well, do people actually like doing that stuff? He said, yeah, Chris, of course. Like there's people that are just nerdy people that like doing paperwork. Find those people. So I went to my mortgage broker and I just said, hey, is there somebody who would actually be willing just to do the, the work for me? <laughs> and they said, yeah, talk to, talk to so-and-so in the company. And so I said, hey, if I send you the people, they're already ready to do business, but I just want you to do all the underwriting, the paperwork and taking all the phone calls about questions. Would you do that? And he said, yeah. I'm like, would you split 50-50 on the case? He said, of course. You're like, you send them to me, spoon fed, I'll do all that work. And so I would spend maybe a half hour or so with somebody and then send it on to him. And then a month or so later, I get a check for like a thousand or 1500 bucks. And I thought, well, that was easy. You know, like that was so simple. I used to have to struggle and work hard, try to keep all the commissions for myself working hours, right. To maybe make double that. And I was like, this is totally cool. What else can I do? And so I started being a connector more, right? Like I realized I didn't have to be the one, the one-stop shop because as a financial advisor, I thought I had to take everything on. When I realized I could actually work together with people and cooperate and actually create a win-win-win scenario, right? Win for the customer that I'm referring to, right? Win for the business owner I'm connecting with, and then win for me if there's like a, a split or a cut, right? Like a referral fee or something. And uh, and that's and that's exactly what I started doing. So I was working like three, four hours a week. But I was making like four thousand or five thousand a month. And uh, and that's when that was that was before four hour work week came by, right? Came along with Tim Ferriss, and uh, but I was living it. And it was such a big aha. I was like, wait a minute, why didn't I think about this leverage so soon? And uh, and it, and that just opened my eyes. And then I started going more into like real estate investing and things like that. But but that's the thing is like I was able to quickly do it just by really just by not being stingy and selfish, right? Just by willing to share with others, but also sharing the work and doing what I do best. And that's the thing is like I love teaching. You know, that's why I still have my podcast, right? Why I still do the Chris Miles Money shows because. I love teaching. I love being in that space because that's what I want to do, whether money's an issue or not, which it's not anymore. And uh, that's the that's the cool thing is you can still make money doing the things that you love, and you know let other people do the things you hate that they also love. And I love the fact that you mentioned like when you were 
trying to figure it out, right? Mm -hmm. You knew what your passion was. You knew what you enjoyed doing. You hated that paperwork, right? It's yeah. very similar to business ownership. You have to have that skill set. Maybe you're a visionary. Maybe you're a delegator. Maybe you're, you know, a skilled employee, right? Figure out yeah. what your passion is. Waking up, wanting to do that work, excited. And when you yep. start understanding that, fill those gaps with every people in your team that enjoy that stuff. And there's people in the world that love things that you hate doing. And yeah. yes, it's an investment, but once you acknowledge the stress level reduction, the mm -hmm. time that you're saving, and then you're motivated to do things that you love more. And yes, yes. I love the fact that you mentioned about rich dad, poor dad, cash flow quadrant. I, I love all that stuff, yeah. um, but it's so important important like a lot of business owners don't even have the basic concept of like look delegate once you start relieving yourself from activities that you hate maybe bookkeeping yeah. and accounting is a huge area sales marketing right like there's so many things that not everyone is an expert at and enjoy doing right mm -hmm. so i love the fact that you mentioned that it's great yeah there's that myth that says that do what you love and the others will fall, you know, like the money will follow right um, but I've learned that it's not just do what you love, the money will follow, because I know a lot of broke people that are doing what they love, right? Especially in the, in the entrepreneur space. Yeah. If you do what you love, that others love you doing, then the money can follow, especially if you have the right marketing. And you talk about SEO. I mean, you got the right stuff behind you. That can totally be true, you know, but again, you got to do what you love. And then others also have to love you doing it because that's the key is that if it creates value for people, dollars follow the value you create for other people. And once I figured that out, all of a sudden money didn't seem so hard anymore. It didn't seem so hard to make where before it was a struggle because I thought it had to be a win-lose scenario, right? Like I had a win, you know, if I won, then somebody else would have to lose, right? Um, so if I was a good benevolent person, I would lose. I would take the cut on the, on the money earning side and then let them get the gain. But I've realized that it really is about how do you deliver the most value possible to those people where money is just a natural byproduct and the more value I can deliver, the more that comes back naturally. Yeah, and I think you just nailed it because once you start creating a, a business or you know an offering to you know your customers, right? And yeah. you're, you're actually passionate, but you're giving stuff that is something people will pay for, right? Like a product yeah. service. And they see that they are, you're worth it, right? Like in plumber. Mm -hmm for instance, or SEO or money, like financial knowledge, right? And yeah. they see that it's going to save them so much time. You don't mind paying because you see that it's going to make so much more in return, like mm -hmm. the ROI, whatever that, uh, you know, gap is, right? Then they're yeah. going to respect you and they're going to be a big advocate of yours, right? And they're going to really refer right. you more. And it's a relationship piece. And because I was in sales for 10 years, I understand like listening very intently, offering up a lot of like, just asking the right questions for them to, you know, explain and show some vulnerability and let mm -hmm. everything out, right? And then fill those gaps with things yeah. that they know that you can help and serve them better, right? And that's the whole art of it. I feel like a skill set in listening intently, like the sales whole marketing thing and then SEO. It's a, a skill set a lot of people don't have. It's true. Like you, you asked me about the evolution of working with business owners and such, right? Like that came about because I was listening, you know, just like you were saying, because like at, like at first, like when I came out of retirement to teach people how to get out of the rat race, right? Because people want to know how I did it. And I partnered up with some other guys that did it. 
at first it was just real estate investors, but 2007, 2008, they got hammered. So all of a sudden our, our market is dead, right? They can't afford to pay us. Um, we're sinking, you know, as a result, you know, and, and that's when I started going over a million dollars in debt, right? I went from like millionaire to upside down millionaire, you know, in a matter of about a year or two. Um, but um, it was interesting because I was teaching people how to get out of the rat race, but then I found myself back in the rat race. And, and I'm not, not a person I like to teach anything I'm not practicing. So I said, okay, well, I can't teach this because I'm in the rat race now because I'm broke. <laughs> um, so what do I do? And, uh, and so I would, when I talk to people, um, they're like, Chris, I would love for you to teach me and tell me how to create cash flow, but I don't have the money. And in the back of my mind, I was thinking, because I wouldn't verbally say this out loud to them, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, they're, they're better off than I am. Like they are in a better financial position than I'm in right now. Like I'm the whole 15,000 bucks a month. They're only in the whole 1,000 or 2,000 bucks a month. This is great to work with. And, uh, and so when they said they couldn't afford to pay me, I was like, well, I see that they could. So I said, hey, if I can show you how you could pay me, would you pay me? You know, if I show you how to find the money, would you do it? They said, well, yeah, of course. And so I showed them creative tricks to be able to reverse their cash flow situation to find money and get resourceful because that's what I was doing. I was having to be resourceful. So I was back in alignment. I was back in integrity with my life and my message, right? And that naturally gravitated to business owners. Specifically, I ended up getting into like the chiropractic and dental space because there was connections there, right? And especially when we're mixing in like tax saving strategies and things like that, the next thing you know, like I remember one of those guys was a chiropractic coach, had a ton of chiropractors following him. And we saved him $50,000 a year in taxes. Like the guy literally started crying. And then he became a referral source, right? By the way, this is after a lot of struggle. Like I had to still endure. Like, to, you know, middle of 2007, I started to realize that we we're in trouble a little bit. It wasn't until about the fourth quarter, at the end of third quarter, almost fourth quarter of 2009, when finally it was like, ah, oh, it's working. It's finally working. It took almost two years for that to happen, right? Um, but then it started to work that way. And so naturally, because I was helping people find money and with business owners, I could find a lot more money leaks because there's so much more complexity. That's where I went. That's where I transitioned towards. Right. But then, like I said, and then to that, by the end of 2016, I was out of the rat race again. So of course I started to teach people again, how to get out of the rat race. And although that applies to business owners, this also applies to a whole segment of people who have been underserved that are like it managers, right? Like, um, or, you know, pharmacists and people like that, that are making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year saying, Hey, this 401k sucks. Like, what can I do different that can get me to retire while I'm still young, while my kids still like me, you know, like, what can I do to be free now? And, uh, and that's where I've gravitated now. Like, again, my message followed my life where I was in, where my life was in the moment where I could teach from, but also it's pivoting based on what people are asking for and which, you know, sub segments of markets, which markets are saying, Hey, I need this. And that's where you go. You're always listening, trying to figure out what is it people want and can you deliver it? And if you can't, can somebody else deliver it? You know, that's the key. And I love how you're always referring back to perspective because you want to relate to them, right? Yes. And then listening intently. And this is what we're very similar to SEO, right? Like understanding yeah. what's going on. And we have to really understand trends and keywords and mm -hmm. what's going on in the Cabela landscape and there's so many different algo changes all the time, but this is how life should be, right? It should never yeah. be stagnant. You should always be growing. You should always be listening to serve others by providing value, right? Saving them time, giving them something that they can't live without, showing that 
you're you're bringing something to the table that they want to spend with, right? Like, yeah. And the more you do that, the more you're gonna enjoy the experience. Like everyone that now you touch and work with, I'm sure you're spending a lot more time looking forward to spending and helping them, right? Because huh? they resonate with your values. They understand that you you've already gone through similar situations, life events, and you know, perspective of what's going on similar to theirs. Mm -hmm. So you can relate. Yeah. That's why like marketing phrases come from is from listening, right? Because I would hear over and over and over people say, I just want to be able to work because I want to, not because I have to. And so now that's like on every episode of my podcast, like I'm throwing that message. Out. I'm just throwing their words back at them. It's that market speak. It's just, you know, giving people the words back what they want. And obviously you got to be able to deliver on it because if you don't, you're be, you're going to ruin your reputation. And then that's your toast at that point. But, but yeah, if you're really listening to people, it's like, well, wait, they keep asking for the same thing. At what point am I going to listen back and actually, you know, repeat back to them how I can deliver that? How can I give them what they want? So a couple questions here regarding how you started um, your, your kind of business. Yeah. Moving away from moving uh, from that rat race and then mm -hmm. going into debt. And then currently, is, where is your source of, I would say, leads? Is it the podcast? Is it just going on speaking tours and other things that you're producing? Or is it now referral? Because people have already, you work with a lot of, you know, coaches and mentors and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, successful people. Now you yeah, have yeah. a proven track record, right? Yeah, it's uh, it was interesting because in like around 2015, um, I was going through a divorce, right? And divorces are interesting things because they get you to question everything in life, you know. <laughs> and I was questioning even about my business. I'm like, do I want to quit? Am I done? Like I was almost thinking like I'm gonna quit everything in life because I was just depressed. And uh, and I read a book at that time by Mike Michalowicz. Have you heard of the Profit Pumpkin first. Plan? Oh, pumpkin. Yeah, Profit First is great. I love Profit First. I read that one first, but then the Pumpkin Plan came across my my eyeballs, right? And, uh, and I started reading it and I love how he talked about those prize winning humongous pumpkins that people grow. Like they have to buy those specific seeds sometimes for a hundred grand for those seeds, right? And then when they grow it on the vine, there's multiple pumpkins, but they'll chop off the baby ones until it's feeding just one big pumpkin, right? And that's how they grow those big prize winning pumpkins. And he related that back to business, which is what's that one thing like you could focus on? What's that Pareto's principle, the 80-20, right? Like what's that 20, what's that, that, that best 20, top 20% that creates the 80% of your revenue. I went for the top 20 of the top 20. I was like, what's the top 4% that creates 96% of my revenue? Yeah. And I realized for me, it was podcasts, right? It was, it was more through the spoken word than it was through like me speaking on live stages, even though I'd done a lot of that. By the way, in 2015, I spoke 186 times, you know, between podcasts and stages, you know, speaking on stages and webinars and you name it. And so I was like, I'm done. Like, I want to do less, not more. I want to do less and do the right ones. And so I started doing more of my own podcasts and being interviewed on other shows just like this. Right. And I'll tell you, my business blew up. It, it boomed. You know, um, I didn't have to travel as much, which was great. So the cool, whole thing with 2020 and COVID, people are like, oh, have that have the travel affect your speaking business. I'm like, it didn't because I went virtual back in 2016. So I'm great, you know. Um, but that's the thing. I didn't have to pivot at all because I was already in that space. And, uh, and I think that's the key is, is really looking at what is driving, like what, what's really attracting people to you, you know, is, is it video? Cause if it's video, great focus on YouTube. Is it 
you know, content. Are, is, are you a great writer? I'm not a great writer. I'm horrible. That's why I, I do this. But, you know, find those things that work for you. And, uh, and for me, it was podcast and, and YouTube. Um, and I got, a, and I'll tell you, I, I got one of my biggest benefits I had was actually going on like Entrepreneur on Fire. I've been on that show now three times. Yeah. Um, the first time I went on, I remember like, you know, I, I actually co-wrote a book with him and Tim Ferriss. And, uh, and that got me the in that I was able to do, go do an interview. And, and I made like 40,000 bucks off that interview. So I said, let's do it again. And the second time he made me buy like $600 of journals to get on a show, right? I said, no problem. I made more than that. So I did that from that one show alone. That was back in uh, 2016. That show was released. I can tell you I've made at least $2 million plus, maybe two and a half million to date because of that one show, you know, and that's the thing that's amazing is like, you never know how it's going to work, but when you find that niche, just go for it, you know, and you know, now I'm, I'm, I get leads from YouTube accidentally almost, you know, like I'm now trying to be more intentional because I've realized YouTube's a humongous source too. Right. And, and I'm even starting to work on developing more SEO. So we get more leads that way. But for me, it's almost primarily all podcasts, YouTube, and then a teeny bit of social media. That's amazing. And I always tell all my clients very similar, like listen to your customers, get that avatar of 10 best clients and find yeah. out where and how they absorb content and shop yeah. for your product and service. That would be podcast, audio, video, mm -hmm. YouTube, social images, Insta, or content, right? Written word. Yeah. And then you delve in to create enough value and answer all problems and challenges that they have and serve mm -hmm. up. And that's the whole art of SEO, right? And yes, a lot right. of people just don't understand how it operates. And with Google even, like there's changes all the time, but that's the technical aspect. Understand what goes on in the behaviors of customers. And yeah. when you do that, even on a sales call to listen intently, it's very similar to online, right? It's mm -hmm. the same process. And I love the fact that you, you were, you know, connected with uh, John Lee Dumas and, you know, that allowed you an opportunity to not just be on his podcast, but let the, his audience know. And yeah, like yeah. you mentioned, you were doing a lot of speaking. You were now go, being on other people's podcasts mm -hmm. and have fun along the way. And this is what I'm all about, right? Like I, yeah. I know I have a local SEO search podcast and today or whatever. It's really just to connect with good humans that are doing something unique in the marketplace that serves an audience and brings value. And I love the journey that you're going through to get you to where you are and understanding what freedom is. So maybe now I wanted to ask you like mm -hmm. a little bit more about like what you offer in terms of like your services, what is your business today? Is it consulting? Is it some yeah. of the, the videos and audio that you sell courses? Yeah, I'm starting to develop some courses here later this year to kind of create a little bit more leverage, right? Um, but yeah, mostly it's it's consulting. You know, I do that, like help people one-on-one -on -one to figure out how they can create a game plan to get out of the rat race, right? Like especially in the next five to 10 years. Because my goal is to get a thousand people financially independent by the year 2030. And so so really getting those people to that place where they, they can work because they want to, not because they have to, right? Um, but, uh, but on top of that, I even have another branch of my company that does like things called infinite banking, right? Which is like, how can you get your money to pay you twice? You know, how can you invest with it and get it to pay you in two places at the same time? So very specific strategy I do there too, that's also kind of goes hand in hand with the consulting. 
That's amazing. And then asset allocation is huge. Like I know it's so important when you start getting into that investing piece, right? I know you touch on real estate. There's a lot of private, there's a lot of different ways. Asset Mm -hmm. is definitely like business ownership. Cash flow is important, but then what are you doing to leverage that? Um, I'm always trying to inquire and learn and listen and talk to as many ultra successful people in the world to understand like what are they doing that I didn't even think of because they think differently. They surround yeah. themselves with different people that only know how to think that way. Right. That's and, right. and it's, you know, it's mindset really and who you surround yourself with. And really, if you are an employee and you're focused on rat race and you're working nine to five, those are probably the people you surround yourself with. But when you're a business owner, you probably surround yourself with other business owners. When you're an investor, you surround yourself with more investors. When yeah. you're more a you know philanthropist, you're gonna surround yourself with more philanthropists, right? So it's yeah. really where do you wanna be in life and who do you wanna hang out with and be known mm-hmm. as in the, as your legacy, right? So I love that too. That's right. Absolutely, yeah. You wanna you want become the very person you're trying to attract. You, know? you can't attract somebody you're not. That's true. And so where are you in your life right now? Like, I know you have, you know, six children, I believe. And yeah, six of my own. And then my wife has two as well. So we have eight together blended. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a lot of work. Uh, and that's why you need to be financially free to spend more time presently with your children, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. what excites you? What are some of the projects? I know you mentioned community. Um, do you still spend a lot of time traveling? Are they fairly young, your children? Like what, what's going on there? Yeah, my kids range between five and 17. So there's a pretty pretty big range there. Most of them are, you know, nine and up, right? So only the one five-year-old was the little surprise there. But uh, yeah, I mean, like we, uh, I mean, we do a mixture of stuff, you know, like, I mean, right now you probably hear slamming doors running around right now. But, uh, you know, like, uh, I mean, we're going to travel to Florida next week, you know, and and just take them to, you know, for some of my kids, that's the first time they've ever been to Florida. Um, with my wife, her two daughters, they homeschool, you know, which is kind of cool. So we can take them. So every winter we'd leave Utah because Utah gets cold and snowy. So when everybody comes here for skiing, we'd leave, right? <laughs> we fly off to anywhere warmer. And so we've done Hawaii, we've done California, we did Florida this last year, you know, we've done Arizona, you know, whatever, like anywhere warmer, Texas, right? Um, somewhere in the south that we can usually go where it's warmer in the wintertime and then come back later on. And it's, it's great. It's great to have that kind of freedom to do those kind of things. And, but uh, I'll tell you, like, for me, it's not just about having a great lifestyle. It's, it's really about what can you create? Like, what kind of footprint are you going to leave on this planet? As Steve Jobs said, right? It's, you know, what are you going to do? You know, and, and like my company's called Money Ripples. You know, I, I call it that because as you become financially free and independent and you're not worried about the day-to-day survival, it allows you to open up your mind to look to see what can I do to create a greater impact in the world around me, in my community and everywhere else. And so that's what I, why I'm doing what I'm doing. That's why I keep building my business. You know, I got to the point a couple of years ago is either it's going to either going to grow or I'm going to just shut it down because it was getting too big, you know, and for just me. Right. Um, especially if I want to stay part time. And so that's why I had to grow my team with it, you know, and, and allow that impact to keep expanding and growing. And and that's what I want to do. It's just, you know, it's not just about me and my family. Now my family expands to people outside of me, which is how can I make a better difference in this world? I mean, can you imagine just even just a thousand people being financially independent, what that can do to the world around them? And uh, I think of like a, a client I had in North Dakota, right? Like they, they uh, freed up $6,000 a month 
in their business. I mean, he was working Saturdays just to try to make ends meet. We free up $6,000 a month. He takes Saturdays off. And on top of that, his wife said, you know what? That first $6,000 we freed up, you know what we did? We bought a four-wheeler, which guys like Dave Ramsey would be freaking out. Like, why would you blow your money? She's like, no, that was the best investment ever because now he four wheels with the family. Like we're together. She's like, I got my husband back. We got our life back. And that's, and that's the kind of impact I want to make. That's what I want to be remembered for is what, whose lives were impacted and benefited because I didn't quit. I didn't just sit back and become selfish and just be self-absorbed with my own family and enjoying a, you know, my own life. You know, it was about whose life could I also bless as well. No, that's great. And listening to you, having joy and serving others, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not just your family anymore. It's other people that are getting a really good understanding of how to generate cash flow, right? Get pull and extract and save. Like I bootstrapped this agency, so I kind of have never really had much. So now it, it feels like I'm learning about what some of the people who have some choice are making, right? With their yeah. abundance of wealth or whatever right um so it's it's under, understanding where you want to be right and who you want to become and that growth mindset and evolving along the years right because yes i might be a little bit younger but i see and i create wisdom i, I always extract people's great books expertise going to conferences learn from the best and the more you absorb and not be afraid to step into a, a new realm and new surrounding um it's, a, it's interesting to see a lot of people are shy or, you know, ashamed, right, of their yeah. situation. But it's okay to not be afraid. Yeah. And maybe money is a big issue for a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. It causes a lot of stress and tension in the household. So for you to now have gone through some of these challenges, you can relate especially mm -hmm. through divorce, uh, upbringing with so many children, like all these things that's what makes you unique, right? Yeah. And everyone has their story. And I tell mm -hmm. this with all business clients, right? Yeah. Every dentist has a unique story. Mm -hmm. How are you going to be different? Because there's yeah. thousands yeah. of them in every single city. <laughs> it's okay, right? So yeah. I, I always look at different ways to position themselves online, right? So That's right. That's exactly it. It's, it is about the story. It's about the person and how you can relate. And I, I can't tell you how many times I have people say, uh, don't judge me, but this is what I did. I'm like, who am I to judge? Like, if you know my story, you know that I've been way worse financially than you've ever been. And, you know, I've also been better. Like, it's, I can't judge, you know, so it's, it's a great place to be. And, and success is different for every person, mm -hmm. right? So it for is. you, independent, you know, freedom is whatever it is, but someone yeah. could be just a thousand dollars above whatever they're yeah. making, right? So, it's all perspective. Don't judge and don't look down on other people, right? Like just mm -hmm. own yourself, be in control and take the actions that you need to take to get you in a better position in the future. So Absolutely. where do you see yourself in like five, 10 years? Right here. Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> be back on your show again, you know, but, uh, but I mean, after you've done a couple thousand episodes by that point or whatever, you know, but uh, I mean, really it's, it's doing the same thing. It's like beating the same drum, same message, just telling people, here's how we can create freedom now. Like, you know, here's like I have on my shirts, like create your dream life now, right? You know, or like my sign says, live today, not, you know, live, you know, not tomorrow, you know? It's it's really about creating those things now. And the thing I, I see more and more is that in five or 10 years, it's gonna be more people with me 
you know, banging that same drum, you know, more people living that life, not just talking about, it, but living it, doing it and, and experiencing it in a way that's so deep that it just, it just creates this ripple effect through people's lives. And, and I think we're going to need it. I think the world's not going to get any easier. It's not going to get any better than what it is right now. And so the best thing we can do is control our lives, make it as good as we can today so that we can make it as well, as good as we can. That's amazing. Well, thanks a lot so much, uh, Chris. How can some of the listeners uh, get a hold of you, reach out to you if they have any questions and want to use your services? Yeah, you can always just go to my website, moneyripples.com. That's with an S on the end, right? Moneyripples.com. Um, and then you can also follow my podcast, The Chris Miles Money Show on any podcast app that you use. Amazing. Well, thanks a lot, Chris. Uh, look forward to maybe meeting you in Utah one day. And That'd be awesome, John. If you're yeah. ever in Toronto, uh, ring me up. Um, it's kind of cold, just like in Utah, <laughs> but it's a beautiful summer and, and peaceful, yeah. I would say. Absolutely. Yeah, love to. Thanks a lot, Chris. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our latest podcast. Please subscribe to Local SEO Today and tune in to our next episode.